Welcome back. This is Reverend Cage Marple, and I am the public pro-lifer. We are continuing our series today regarding the failure of abortion. And we already began with failure in right relationships. So today we're going to continue with part two, failure in right decisions. We didn't get to a place in our life to consider killing an unborn person without making a lot of rotten decisions along the way. We chose to be in certain places. We chose to be with certain people. We chose to advocate for certain things. We chose just all kinds of different things that a little along the way all culminated into this one great big thing. You are pregnant. There is a baby residing within your womb and you're about to make a decision that it shall live or die. To get to a point to where you think you can be God enough to kill someone else for your own benefit, there's a lot of bad decisions that have come along the way to get you to this decision. Or, as our pro-abort friends like to call, choice. It's such an innocuous word, choice. You know, we choose many different things all day long. We choose to get out of bed. We choose to shower or bathe. We choose to have breakfast or not. We choose to have a dog or cat. But there should never, ever be a choice that someone gets to live or die by your own hand. The word choice is used by the pro-abort world to kill unborn people because they are not giving that choice or decision to the person who is about to be killed. I would be willing to bet and assume that the person who is about to be killed or considering being killed will probably not want to be killed. I think that's a fairly safe assumption to make. We live in a throwaway fast food society, making flippant decisions not based on real life or facts or science. Bad decisions motivate people to make abortion decisions. How bad does life have to be to make the decision to kill your own unborn child? Where have you come from? What got you there? So let's look at some of the decision-making that got us here. Number one, premarital sex. It is a fact that 100% of the people that practice abstinence will not get pregnant. I think that is fact. That is not an assumption. That is not 
anything else but fact and science. If you do not have premarital sex, sex without marriage, and you get pregnant, you are more than likely to abort. Obviously, not everybody is going to. We know this. I, uh, I didn't. I chose the one time I was allowed to have a decision in my own life when I was pregnant again after the abortion. I chose to keep my child, even though everybody else's choice for me was to kill him as well. So just keep everything in mind that if you are post-abortive, the people that help you make the decision to abort are probably going to lean that way again. Number two, recreational alcohol and drug use and even addiction. Not one good decision has ever been made under the influence. Trust me on this one. Everybody has to know that driving a car when you've been drinking might get you in jail for drunk driving. It could. It may not, but it could. Is that a great decision to drive home after you've been drinking all night? I don't think so. Conversely, when you've been drinking or using recreational drugs, meetups happen, people do things they shouldn't, and suddenly there's a baby involved. It's not okay to kill an unborn child simply because of your bad decision to have sex with somebody you shouldn't have or been in a position to where that could happen. Number three, pressure. As we mentioned in the last show, that um, pressure or coercion from friends and family, boyfriends, girlfriends, the media, all of it, is what puts us in a position to consider a choice or decision, obviously, to kill someone because no one else thinks it's a good idea for you. When someone comes to you and speaks in those terms to you, always question their agenda. I assure you, it's not for your uh it's not for you. It's their decision that you should not have this baby is definitely not looking out after you. As I mentioned previously, this child could be who saves your life one day, who will take care of you and love you no matter what. But these other people are trying to get you to kill this child. Why would you let their agenda dictate what you do? Number four, and I've said this a bazillion times, is of course the media. Mainstream media is in many forms that run in the background of our lives every day. We hear commercials, watch shows and movies, listen to music, read magazines and books, the internet, all of which indoctrinates us with what they think we need to know all the time and without your permission. What I mean by that is that just simply walking into a store, immediately you are bombarded with whatever is playing on the overhead. Regardless of where you're at, whether it's a grocery store, if you're going to Walmart, even buying a car, sitting inside of restaurants, 
you always have secular music playing. Now, while a lot of people, even Christians, don't think the secular music is bad, uh, what I suggest to you is to listen to the words, really listen to them, and, and hear what you, oh, really? Did they really just say that in the song? And then consider that, you know, if you already are a mom or dad, that these kids are hearing it too. And it's all in the background. It's not real loud and obnoxious, unless you're in Amercrombie, it's always loud and obnoxious there. But it is always there, and it does indoctrinate people to listen to lyrics, to hum with the music, to sing along with it, and suddenly you don't even realize what you're saying. And I know a lot of people who aren't Christians won't really understand that part of this particular podcast because you have to come to a kind of revelation of what you are constantly hearing all the time from all angles in your life. And it, it molds you. It helps you to make other decisions you may not have usually made. Um, with many things, not just the big one with killing unborn children, but it could be with other decisions you probably would have not made that way if you had not been constantly hearing these terrible commercials and, and, and people telling you to, and now in this day and age, because of COVID, get the shot, get the shot, get the shot, get the shot. I mean, you're constantly bombarded with that. And those of us who choose not to vaccinate which, by the way, I chose not to way many years ago, um, that you will really hear how it is constantly in your face, in your ears, in the background all the time. So think of it in those terms, that other decision making, you know, is also going on besides the obvious, what I just said about COVID, but about other things, uh, your relationship with a boyfriend, uh, your relationship with your parents, with your children, uh, what you do at work, all of this is going on all the time with the media. And, you know, when they say, you know, no screen time, time to turn it off, you know, um, you know, rest a while from it. It's, it's for real. You really should consider it. I have not had the news in, on in my house in a long time. I get enough of it on social media and some other things. I don't need to hear everybody else's opinion on my television or radio. I just don't. They're trying to mold you into thinking the way they want you to think, not necessarily giving you the information you need to make an acceptable choice of whatever it is. Anyways, let's go on to number five, because I could definitely preach on that all the time. Number five is trust. We trust everyone and everything else but God. Again, I can 100% assure you that God will never give you an abortion answer to any question ever. I can't even count how many times well, on the sidewalk or, or in other venues that I was told, I prayed about it and God said it was okay to get this abortion. That is 1,000 bazillion percent completely not true. God will never tell you to kill his creation for any reason. So if you think you really heard God say that, I can assure you that was not God. 
But more often than not, people just want to say that to throw off Christians. So, you know, you just have to walk past that. You need to remind them who God is, who his son Jesus is, who the Holy Spirit is, and then move on to the life of the child. They do love to try to trip Christians, I assure you. But that is a sidewalk thing. Um, but I also want to reiterate that I've also seen on, you know, videos and other, you know, really abortion propaganda that they will try to use that, uh, for people like, um, what's it called? The coalition for choice for reproductive choice. And what they try to do is use people of, and I'm using my air quotes here, faith. I'm not sure what faith they're talking about, but it's definitely not in Jesus Christ that it's okay to kill your unborn children. Just be careful of where you get your information from just because they say they're Christians because or people of faith. Now, stats say that at least 85% of women and girls that abort never wanted to get the abortion at all. Think of that. They really didn't want to. What they were waiting for was someone to tell them, please don't do this. Someone they trusted like the boyfriend, the husband, the mom, dad, grandparent. I have at one time seen, I promise you this is true, five generations walk in that door, and that is including the unborn child. They were wrapped around her to make sure she went in there and killed her baby. Happens all the time. Because at least, and I actually, I say it's 100%, but that's my opinion. But statistically, it says 65% of women and girls who were, are forced to abort, they were coerced into doing this. A coercion is the leading reason why women abort and were not only allowed it, but accepted it until it was too late. There's a lot of regret that walks out of the abortion mill every single day. The indoctrination we receive usually under the radar is how our society has become desensitized to abortion. We are numb to the point of killing unborn children over 4,000 times per day that we know of. Our failure of abortion is a failure in our culture as human beings. I would love to say this is within the borders of the U.S., but the daily abortion rate worldwide is over 150,000 unborn people killed. And that's what we know of. Since the advent of chemical abortions, they call pill abortions, and its availability over the Internet, it's nearly impossible to know how many other unborn people are lost to abortion. To look at the decisions made in this country to allow legal baby killing, you have to go back to when other decisions made way for it. Did you know at the turn of the century, turn of the 20th century, I should say, abortion was essentially abolished in the U.S. It, was, it is apparent that abolition was not ironclad enough to keep abortion not just illegal, but also enforceable. But the question kept coming up about our ability to evolve into a better species. It was questioned whether or not people with any disability 
including racial, mental, medical, or hereditary, should be allowed to be born, marry, or give birth themselves. Thus, people like Margaret Sanger came about to point out how the human race will fall if we allow these human weeds to live and procreate. Apparently, the inarticulate petrified the self-imposed intellectuals of the day. And I would dare say continue until this day and beyond. And then let's not forget the failed Equal Rights Amendment, even though they're trying to resurrect that now. Did you know that was first proposed in 1923 and it was never ratified? This wasn't just since the 70s. That's just when it came to a head and was eventually, you know, knocked down. 1923, this has been going on a long time. Quite simply, women didn't want to be equal with men. They wanted and still do to conquer men and found a way by eliminating pregnancy through abortion without their consent. Roe v. Wade was a parting gift for the failed Equal Rights Amendment. Never equal, but millions of dead unborn children to prove a woman's right to be a killer. So far, women have undermined themselves, their health, their unborn children to make men and government quiver and fear them. And ironically, nothing can be further from the truth. Right decisions, not reactionary decisions. It's not too late. Right decisions are getting closer to making better law and hopefully to repeal bad law. Can we as a civil society finally repeal Roe v. Wade? I think so. But will we? That remains to be seen. But God is God, and with him, all things are possible. The cool thing about Roe going back to the states is that it would actually make our Constitution work as the Constitution enacting the Tenth Amendment, allowing states to be sovereign. If they wish to have abortion, they may. I wish they wouldn't, but that is how our government is set up. But much like what's going on uh, with the COVID thing, we have found out that people are throwing out mandates and all this other stuff who are not supposed to be in the position to make laws. And that would be our governors. Governors cannot make laws. Neither can the Supreme Court, but they do. And they solidified this with Roe, even though Roe is technically, I mean, I should say abortion is technically not in the Constitution. Uh, it was a choice made by people who wish to make it so and continue with the rhetoric. And, you know, words matter, people. Words matter. And what is unfortunate is that people start believing what they keep hearing over and over and over again and continue to make these wrong decisions because they believe what they're hearing is true. Do your due diligence is all I have ever asked anybody. Just quit assuming that you hear all these people that other people tell you to listen to and assume that to be absolute truth. Don't be subjective with your truth be absolute with it. And let me, uh, following on with our uh, failure in right decisions and choices, let me say this through the book of Deuteronomy. 
says, this day I call heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice and hold fast to him. Now, in other translations, it says, so that you and your and the generations may live. Your choice to kill a child, an unborn child, an unborn person who had purpose and a path and a way from God, you have killed every generation that they would have produced. Generations. I am often asked how much an abortion costs. It costs generations. It costs a human life. It costs everything to a person who did not have the luxury of having a choice. Well, I hope that this, uh, uh, I hope you got something out of this today. Uh, Making choices is a little bit more, there's a little bit more to it than what the pro-abort groups want you to hear. They keep saying my body, my choice, 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 choice. But their choice is killing people. And that's not okay at all, ever and for any reason. Well, thank you for coming by again. We love you. Pray for us. We will pray for you. I am Reverend Kate Marple, and I am the public pro-lifer.